If you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. Well, now, Game Time is hooking everybody up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what you got to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on My Ticket section of the app. Create your account. Under the billing section, redeem code the athletic once again that's the athletic all one word for ten dollars off your first purchase that's free cash for everybody credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem code and it expires at the end of the year what's today the 29th you got a few days left make moves quick and score last minute tickets Welcome to the Seahawks Man Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugar. That is M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at C-K-I-D-D-206. And that's C-Kidd-206. All right. There's no uh, opening audio uh, on the show uh, this week. Just because... uh, you know, it would have been really great to get, like, Marshawn's thought on, again, Chris, not getting the ball at the one-yard line with a championship on the line. Now, this was a Super Bowl championship Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers, but it was a division championship. And, Chris, that's all. That's When I was, like, driving over here after leaving the stadium, you know, obviously the Seahawks lost today, 26-21, lost to the Niners. Now they're going to Philly. Uh, instead of getting the three seed and hosting Minnesota next week in the first round of the playoffs. That's all I could think about was, like, of all the things for teams to not be good at. You know, some teams, you know, sometimes O-line or some teams can't find a quarterback. You, you know, franchises like the Browns or whatever, you know. You just you just have a problem. You got a juggernaut in your division like the Patriots. Anything, any Any problems a franchise could have. The Seahawks franchise issue is not knowing what to do with the ball on the one-yard line. That's like the, the – I'm flabbergasted thinking of that concept. There's, they just don't know what to do. Uh, there was so much that happened in the final, like, seconds of the game from the claw all the way back and get to the – get inside the goal line in general and then to to get the ball, you know, on the one after John Ursua's catch. John Ursua's season has begun, uh, I think, by the way, Chris. Uh, to get all that, bro, and to steal, not get it right, at the one, I don't even know. I'm I'm at a loss for words. Maybe it's fitting we don't have uh, audio to open it up because I really asked some dudes in the locker room about it, and they were just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what went wrong. How do you not know what went wrong with a championship on the line at the one-yard line? What? With the clock stopped? Oh, that's got to be – I mean – in reality, these guys were due for a loss in the final seconds because they were, what, 10-1 and one or something like that in one-possession games this year. So they were due for some luck to swing the other way, right? So in the big picture, maybe it doesn't matter too much. But, Chris, I can't – maybe I'm tripping, but I just can't get past the fact that a team with Marshawn Lynch, again, had the ball to one, again, and messed it up with a delay game call comes down to coaching it comes down to players not knowing what's going on i mean they are running the two-minute drill 
in the two-minute drill, you are supposed to know how many timeouts you have, if you have any. Yep, You're yep. supposed to know at least three or four plays ahead of what, what we're going to run here in these situations. Yep, yep, You yep. get down to 30 seconds, okay, you're down at the one. John Oshua, huge play. Beautiful about, play. About His first time. career catch, by the about way. About time. I've been wanting him to play since week one. <laughs> As you told me, well, Chris, there's Jerron Brown, who actually went down tonight. Mm-hmm. And Malik Turner, who's out with a concussion. Malik like, Turner, things had to happen for him to, you know, exactly. Josh, Brown had, Josh Gordon had to get suspended, you know. A lot of things did happen for him to get an opportunity, but with that opportunity, he showed I'm worth the while. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, cool. Clock's still running. George Fan. Don't know what happened. I didn't see the play because the camera was not panned on him. Mm-hmm. When the coach's film comes out, I get to see what actually happened to the big fella. But he comes running in a little late. That kind of threw off things. They spiked the ball. Okay, cool. We should be in the mode of beast modes coming in. He doesn't. We don't see Marshawn Lynch until about 20 seconds into the play clock. That means 16 seconds has gone by because I think the play clock resets to 40. 40, oh, 40 sorry, seconds. 40. So, excuse me, 40. So, 20 seconds have gone off the clock. And the Seahawks have really no idea what's going on. You see Russ looking around like we're missing something here. Yeah, they're missing a running back. Oh, shoot, yeah. Marshawn, get in here. By the time they break the huddle, Mike, they're at about six seconds, and yeah, then it's and they have no timeouts. Then it's then it's over. I, I have Pete Carroll's explanation here. Does it make sense? Uh, let's let's read it and see. Let's <laughs> put my reading glasses on. I'm not putting glasses on. I can read just fine. Uh, Pete says, and I quote: "We were in no backs the play before, uh, meaning uh, the Jacob Hollister play that should have been reviewed at least for PI. Even not gonna be called, should have been at least reviewed. Anyway, uh, oh no 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 no, he's talking about what's the play before." The John Arsua catch. So the John Arsua catch. That's what it is. Excuse me. Excuse me. I misspoke. Yes. We were in no backs to play before, and we called the personnel, and we just didn't get it quite didn't quite get it communicated with the backs. We were just late. We were late getting in there. We burned the time. We just didn't get it done. We didn't function cleanly. When you kill clock, sometimes you kind of relax like that's a timeout. No. We didn't on the sidelines, but it was just it just kind of felt like that's what happened, and we didn't get the substitution done properly, and we were late with it, and there wasn't enough time for us to get the playoff. When it happened, with 22 seconds left, I think there was, I'm thinking we were going to get into the end zone anyway. I was disappointed that we screwed that up time-wise, but it does, it does change the situation, obviously, because you're on the one or inside. That's what separates a championship team from a team that they're still a work in progress. And yeah. I'm not saying they're not a championship team, but... Oh, I think it's safe to say that. These little things that happen, this is what separates. You don't you think Tom Brady's gonna ever have a situation where they throw a first down and they just mental lapse, they don't know what running back no no no, that's not happening. And if that does happen, oh Tom Brady is gonna go off on somebody. Here's here's my theory on what happened. So I was watching Marshawn during the final drive, because like you said, it's two minute. Travis Homer is Seattle's two minute back, right? So Marshawn had the coat on. He don't have his helmet on. He had a beanie on on the sideline. I, I didn't get to talk to Marshawn after. He did a scrum, but I, I just didn't feel like going over there, and I don't think he got asked about what we're talking about anyway because no one knew that that was the issue. So no one knew to ask it because Pete Carroll didn't say it until later. I think Marshawn just never thought he was going back in the game. So he's just kind of chilling like someone who is – because think about it, uh, for people who don't know, when you think you're going in the game and you're part of the offense, you're usually standing near your coach. You're standing near the sidelines. You're ready to make those line changes. It's almost like hockey. You're just ready to go in when you're called. Marshawn was chilling. I don't even know if he had gloves. He definitely didn't have no helmet. He had a beanie on. Definitely wasn't looking like somebody who um, was ready to go back in the game. So if you're trying to switch from your two-minute offense to like a jumbo package, 
in a blink of an not in a blink of an eye. You like you said, you got forty seconds. But they're trying to make that switch, and the communication, like Pete says, didn't get from all those guys to a guy who didn't even think he was about to be in the game. So I think it was that delay because you know Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast he says, ah, here comes Marshawn. That's at twenty two seconds left on the play clock. That's when he's jogging in. You know, and again, I think he was probably close to midfield. I remember they're at the inch line. <laughs> so he has to jog in there, and he don't know the plays. I mean, he knows the plays, but, like, he don't know the whole thing. So you can't even, and if the play is going to him, you can't start telling the play to the team until he's in the huddle. So I don't even think he gets there till about, like, 15, 16 seconds, and then you got to run the play or, you know, tell everyone the play. So I think when they, when uh, and Russ said something similar, like, we just didn't actually, I'm not going to say that. I, I have it. He said, oh, man, he said, we killed it. We were trying to get the right personnel in and everything else. It took a little bit there because at the time we didn't have a back yet. So then when we did, but it was too late. So my theory is is that, as I just explained, I think that because Marshawn didn't expect to go back in and wasn't, like, super ready, that little time that it took, like you said, that little thing is the difference between the three seed and the five seed. It's inexcusable, to be honest. I mean, it is. It really. It really it, but I also understand it's like because Marshawn, Marshawn doesn't know the plays, and so that's he probably on does Russ think he's and Shotty and Pete. They got to know these things. If he doesn't know the plays, Travis Homer, get in there. We'll live to die another day. At least we can get. At least we're gonna get an opportunity to run the ball at the one. That's true. Yeah. You can't. You can't have a mental lapse and think, oh, we'll put Beast Mode in. We didn't get to do the Super Bowl. Here's our chance now. And there's 20 seconds, and he's running on the field. That's true. Travis Homer from the from the jump. That's true. If you if, if you know Marshawn's not available on that drive, which Shotty had to think because yeah. dude's got a beanie on, you got to just like all right, the personnel we have, you know, or maybe Turbin's an option. Did he even you know. see the field tonight? No, I never I never really thought he would. By I the didn't way. think he would either. But all right, cool. So I think that is what. And yeah, you're right. Ultimately, it is inexcusable because it's it's just you're on like you said, you're on the one. You work on these things. I'm willing to bet in practice they had it all set up. Okay, we're at the one. I'm yeah. sure they had Beast Mode ready, but if they didn't, guess who else is ready? Travis Homer, who actually had a solid day. No, I thought Travis ran ran really hard. And yeah, if the if if the play, because that's also what helps too. If if you have Travis in the game, you know the the team doesn't the other team can't really just like sell all out for the for the uh, run. Like ten, if Marshawn, you know you're gonna sell out. He had ten carries for sixty two yards. Travis did. Yeah. Oh yeah, good game. I thought let, he had a really good game. Let him get a shot. If he doesn't get it on first down. Or second down, excuse me, since, you know, they got the first down. You can go to third down. Well, I mean, honestly, they probably should just throw three times. But I can because uh, you don't have any timeouts. But no, that's true. I do understand if you are going to run, Marshawn needs to be the one to do it. I was all he, good with him coming in. It just needs to be better communicated. It, 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 these things can't happen. There there needs to be more of, a, of an understanding of, oh, well, we only have 30 seconds left and there's no timeouts. Oh, the clock is still running. Hey, we know we're running now. Marshawn Lynch is in. Oh, Travis is in. Travis, we're doing that. There was none of that. It was looking around, hands on heads. I, I, you know what I wonder probably happened, Chris, is if they did call it like we're saying, and like, all right, cool, this is we're run whatever the play is called, and then they are thinking at first just have Travis go in and do it, and then at later it's like, oh wait, we have Marshawn now. No, no, let's no. do that, and then even that takes more time off. Because otherwise, it shouldn't even take that long to get a change in there. Your your change in personnel groupings, which does take a lot of time to go from two minutes, but it ain't that many different people. Before we move on, I thought the Seahawks had won the game when I got to the one. I'm like, oh, they won. They won. Yeah, it's we, a wrap. we've been there before. Thinking and then the Seahawks they won the game. Reverted back to 
probably things we don't want to talk about. Well, I think it mostly just when you mentioned this about championship teams, I think that that's why at the end of the day you hear a lot of coaches and players just say we didn't execute. This is a perfect that's example key. of a lack of execution <laughs> on just the simplest thing, putting players. You in think the, game. the Baltimore Ravens? You think Lamar Jackson is gonna have an issue with this? I that mean, any team could. Could but it's just no, like, but you see what level they're on. Are you going to in that? Mo- I think they were again in a unique circumstance with a guy who clearly thought he was done for the day, and that's fair because of the. Sir, he just signed six days ago, and you have to remember. I'm sure in that two minute drill, he might not have been in there. He doesn't. It, I, I guarantee he doesn't know the two minute offense. It was Travis Homer probably. But then they're saying, we're going to rewrite history. We're going to give him the ball at the one, and we're going to make up for past time. You already gave him the ball at the one. He's going to touchdown. Cool. Move on. Don't execute. That's it, man. Execute. And oh, the defense man. today, man. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. We we'll spent some time on the on the offense. I mean, and they, the offense did get close with the, the hollers. They lost by literally probably the closest margin you could you possibly lose. lose a game. Well, what's a field goal considered? No, let's see. That's it. I think the distance of the field goal. Is I mean, further a chip shot. Even then, it's like you're still <laughs> further away than you. Uh, Jacob Hollister, bro, he could just he could breathe on the ball. It would have went over the line. He was so so close. But I'm with you switching to the other side of the ball here. I think Kenny got out coached again. I mean, mm, was we bad. saw when it was up ten and zero. It felt like it was twenty zero. Just how they were moving the ball. The RPO is what killed the season. Oh, the, they look and, like they never seen an RPO. Ever, and the funny ever. thing is, they ran it in week ten. It was it's the same thing that we're seeing. Yeah, it's, the same slant. It's as it's as if they prepared for it, but they were thinking, nah, they ain't gonna run it. We know what they're doing, and they still run it. And Debo Samuel runs a slant across the middle, first down. Oh, he breaks a tackle because the Seahawks today didn't feel like tackling. Yeah, I thought. Well, I thought the tackling was just inconsistent because I thought there were some plays where they really did tackle well. But like I think like even Shaq had a few good tackles. I thought on the outside, Trey on the outside. I think Trey had uh, a sack, man. Yeah, no, Trey. Trey's a good player. Uh, I thought B Mac had a couple uh, a couple stops in there. I think the real the real problem was they just didn't look prepared for what was going to happen. And even I talked to Shaq after the game, and he mentioned he was like, "Yeah," because I was like, "Did they did they attack you in ways you didn't think was coming?" Because Shaq did not have a good game. He didn't have a good game at all. Like we've bigged him up on some good games before. This was not. This was not one of them. And he was like, "Yeah, I mean, they. Th- we thought they were going to have more long developing routes, and it was going to be, you know, more stuff over the top. And they didn't do that. They wanted to just play underneath the whole time. And you know, they. I give credit to the coaches on their side for for scheming up a good a, a good game. And when I hear stuff like that, that's the nice version of saying our coaches didn't get us ready for what they did. And I feel like we've said this on this show too many times that, like, they've got outcoached, whether it's Shoddy or Kenny or, or Pete or whatever, Ken Norton when I say Kenny, by the way. I'm, I'm calling him Kenny like I know him. I don't. Uh, it's just easier to, to say that. Maybe I should just say Norton. But it just feels, I don't know, how many games where I feel like he's got outcoached? It's just too many clutch ones. Like the Rams, they had no shot. <laughs> uh, the, both Rams games, really defensively, they had no, no shot. I don't, I don't even want to throw the Baltimore one in there because I just think Lamar just is, Took a, over. is a different, different type yeah. of cat. And the offense gave him, gave you know what it was a pick six and DK fumbled that led to a you know scoop and score. So I think that one wasn't wasn't as bad. But even like Arizona, uh, it was just yeah. Today was just they had no answers. That was another thing. Like I never thought they were gonna get a stop. Now they did. Thanks to probably one of the the a really just stupid, dirty, unnecessary roughness play by that yeah that one dude. If he doesn't do that, they probably get the fourth down. Game's over or get the first down. First down, yeah, yeah, and the, and the game is over there. To see, because like I don't, I don't think anyone on defense played well. 
Did anybody? We missing anybody? Rasheem Green, he had a sack. He did okay, but no. No one played. Did Rasheem have? No, he had, they only had the two, had two. Quentin had a sack. Excuse me, Quentin Jefferson. Yeah. Early in the game. Quentin, who got the start today over Puna. Uh, just a uh, fun fact. Yeah, man, I just don't think they were they were prepared, man. All the, There's a lot of misdirection stuff that they were doing. Like, the ball handling in the backfield was, was really clean. And Shout yeah, the out ta- to the offensive coordinator over there. Oh, Kyle no. Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. In his bag, as Is he said. their OC as well? I should know that off the top of my head. I believe he is. Um, if he's not, whoever the OC is, good job by you. I know he designs a lot of the plays and everything. So, yeah, I mean, probably probably is. If he's not, he's the mind behind their offense. He's the offensive coach. No, but he's, he's also aware that the Seahawks would love to stop the run game. Like, that's what they yeah. That's what they put their pride in. And when, yep, you, yep. when you run the ball and you hit RPOs and you're doing misdirections and you're doing – fake handoff for a little sweep to your receiver, that that throws off the linebackers that come up to the line of scrimmage to make the play on the running back. Oh, the ball's going the opposite way. Now they're sucked in, which is why we saw that touchdown, which was just perfectly drawn up. Yeah, no, they they didn't really stop. That. I mean, the running backs didn't, like, the running backs had a good day. I think, like they, you know, I think Mostert had 57, 10 on 57. Brita had 16, and Coleman had 11. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the math is on that, like, total. I think that's, like, 19 carries. And you're under 100 yards, I think. Yeah. With the with the, with all that, but it just opened up everything else, though. It just felt like they weren't stopping them. <laughs> well, they really weren't. Yeah. So I, I think mean, that was the they problem. They got very lucky <laughs> that they were only up 13-0 right before the half. I mean, they are. It was. I thought it was gonna be 17. I was like, damn, this, that's not good. 17-0, but the fact that they got 13, they got the field goal. See, I dodged the bullet there. The, yeah. The reason I mostly just drive. I was driving home thinking, you know, the defense played well, but that's so or played poorly. Excuse me. But that's so secondary is because at the end of the day, the defense's job is to, like, try to put his offense in the best position to win. And they got the stop in pretty good field position, too. Got the punt with the Seahawks, got the ball with the 27, with 227 left and two timeouts. Yeah. Like, the defense did at least that part. You know, you got to execute. Remember we just talking about execution? That's <laughs> execution ex- they executed man. there. All right, it's a one-possession game. Got Russell Wilson, you're at home. Like, there is no more prime position than, than Russell Wilson at home, one-score game. That's what you want. I think the Seahawks would take that 10 times out of 10. Being down five points, two-minute drill, Russ has the ball. We got this. If they got the ball at the one-yard line against Philly and they don't give it to Marshawn, I think there's going to be a riot in Seattle. I quit my job. There's going to be a riot. I don't know if I would. (laughs) He said that, not me. (laughs) Athletic? I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> that flight to Philly was expensive. <laughs> so I, I am joking. I, I love yeah. my bread. Yeah, I, me too. Uh, yeah, no. But, yeah, no, the defensive stuff, it is bad. And we're going to get into it with the questions too. Um, yeah, we're going to get into it with the questions as well. But when I just look at this game, I mean, yes, the P.I. that they should have re- reviewed, whatever, there were some missed opportunities at the goal line. You know, Russ missed the slant to D.K. that was oh open. Oh, my gosh, Russ man. missed the Hollister throw after uh, that that was open. I don't know. DK was open and it was perfect. And I don't know what Russ was. I know he bobbled it for one. Two, he doesn't look at DK immediately because if you watch the replay, DK comes off the line of scrimmage clean. He gave him a nice crossover. He smokes that dude. And he was open. And DK's expecting the ball after his maybe third, second or third step. It's it's one of those quick slants where it's one, two, three, bang. Mm-hmm. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six, bang. And by then the defender's able to make a play on the football. And they was like, oh, DJ, DJ should have caught that. No. No, no, no. Russ, who said that? Naysayers, People man. on the internet? It happens. But yeah, they, blocked him. They didn't, no. They, I don't, to be honest, I don't think they saw that he got a tip in there. I think they just saw the deflection and thought DK dropped it. Oh, yeah, no. Which is fair, but after seeing replay. Yeah, he didn't drop it. 
He didn't drop it. The defender got a, made a good play, Great but Russ was ball. freaking late. And yeah. if Russ is not late, the Seahawks score right there. Yeah, the execution <laughs> in the, at the end was was I mean, but the Niners have a good defense too. Like you know, oh, yes. they get paid as well. Like that's probably that part didn't. Yeah, he didn't. The defender didn't give up. He yeah, he got beat, but he recovered. To Why? lose to lose at the one yard line in the game where you got Marshawn again, it was just like yeah, people kept talking about storybook ending, and I even wrote that too. Yeah, no, this was a storybook ending. Every story, sometimes stories end tragically. Should I have, should I have texted you watch the Seahawks not give Marshawn the ball on the one again? No, 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 no. <laughs> Because they came in. Yeah, we're going to spend too much. Let's get to these questions. Well, let's because we it. have so many of them. Um, yeah, we have we have so many of them. Let's Before do we get to Twitter questions, let's quickly pay some bills. Erectile dysfunction is never fun to talk about, or is it easy to talk about? Sometimes you try to brush it off, but ultimately you need somebody to talk to. And that's where Roman comes in. It's easy to talk about when you have a real doctor who can get you some real medication, and it's simple, safe, and discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. All you have to do is go GetRoman.com slash Hawks to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Hawks for a free visit to get started. Again, GetRoman.com slash Hawks. All right, Mike, you ready for these 20 questions? Yep, man, let's let's do it. Uh, we uh, we got a lot again, so we kind of got to go through quick. I'm going to try to give everyone their their time. Let's roll. Here we go. I waved, but you left me hanging. What a bitter end to what has what as a whole should be seen as a very successful regular season. Who was your offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and rookie of the year? Three weeks of one and out, or one and oh to go. Keep killing it. Okay, so that's OP. That's offensive, defensive, and rookie for the Seahawks, right? Uh, let's let's assume that's that. Uh, yeah, offensive definitely, definitely Russ. Defensive, I don't know, man. I guess it's. I feel reluctant to give. I know Bobby had a decent year. Uh, they asked him to be in coverage uh, a lot more, and I thought he was hit and miss there. He's getting his hands on some balls, uh, for sure. Um, giving up a lot of yards uh, as well. But I mean, it's hard to defend passes as a linebacker because everything's so short. Like, they're going to catch the ball a lot of the time. Um, man, I wanted to say maybe Shaq before today, but... Oh, you can still say Shaq. I don't know. I don't think, I don't I don't think he basically... I'm going to go with Bobby. All right. And then the rookie definitely DK. I think DK is at, like, 900 yards this year. Great rookie year. I think he had a fantastic rookie year. He beat... He did everything and then some. Yeah, no, he was... Outside of dropping No, passes. no, yeah, no, the dropping... The dropping was... Cut that boy's wasn't, hands off. Wasn't man. great. Uh, him stick him. Let's go to the next one. Next up, I love Pete as much as the next guy. But the in-game decision-making and the refusal to change with the game has been infuriating. Should Pete move into a front office role and evaluate talent with John Schneider after this season and let someone else take the helm as head coach for the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, no. I, also, Pete's already in like a vice president of player personnel role. He's like the head coach in some other front office title as well. If you look it up. Uh, but no, that's just a, this is that was a long-winded way of asking should they fire Pete. No. He's the winningest coach in franchise history, and he's got to the playoffs eight times out of ten in this decade. You got to keep that guy. And he's also won a championship and been to another Super Bowl. You keep that guy. What he's doing is working. I think you answered that well, Mike. Thank you. Crazy ending to a crazy regular season. Lynch coming back plus scoring an over-the-top touchdown. Is that the best moment you've seen since covering this football team? Uh, I don't know if the Lynch one was. If he'd have scored at the end, yes. 
I thought the Monday night game this year was just as good as like a heavyweight fight as I'm going to see probably. And I would say the Texans game in 2017, that shootout was just some of the greatest play on both sides, man. Like there was sacks. There was there was great run defense. Neither team could run the ball. But both teams were airing it out. But then both defensive play, uh, players were making plays in the secondary. I think Russ got picked. Uh, Watson got picked like three times. It was Earl took one to the house. D Hop had like 200 yards. Oh, it was not. It was that was probably one of the great. Jimmy Graham caught the game winner. The press box shook. That was probably one of my. That was probably the, the those two probably trump what happened to uh, what happened on Sunday night. That's a good question though. Part two. Walk us through your playoff predictions from wild card round to who reps the NFC and Super Bowl. Okay, I'm gonna go try to go through this really fast. I think the Seahawks beat Philly. I think the Saints beat the. This is an NFC. I think the Saints beat the Vikings. So that would, uh, from my math is right, I think that would send Seattle to San Fran. I think Seattle would lose. Uh, then I think that sends New Orleans to Green Bay. I think New Orleans would win. So you got what? New Orleans Niners rematch in San Francisco for the NFC Championship. And I'll probably go with the Niners. Uh, let's see. I think New England beats Tennessee. I think Buffalo beats Houston. So that would send, oh, I'm doing all this on the fly. This is my first time looking at the bracket. But I think Buffalo would then go to uh, Baltimore and lose again. Uh, And I think I would send New England to Kansas City. I think Kansas City wins this time. And then you just get a Baltimore-Kansas City matchup. And I actually would take the Chiefs in that. So we got a Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl. And after that, I have no idea. Nice, Mike. Nice, nice, I know. Did that quick. Did that quick. Let's get into the group of homers. I like how I did that there. Yes, I like it. How did you – they want to know about how you liked homers play – and going into next year, is could he be a potential starter, backup? Because we know Chris Carson's going to be out for nine to ten months. T.J. Pro size six seven months with that broken arm, and then you have Rashad Penny, who's going to miss nine to ten months, maybe a year with his injury. Oh well, you know, I think just Travis just looked really good, man. He was fast. You know, he ran deep. Definitely a downhill runner for him to be so like small. Uh, I think he definitely shows some traits. Like if they're if they're asking like Travis to like be a starter, he could do it. Or if he's just part of like a number two package with like Rashad or Chris or whoever. If they draft another draft another late round dude, you know, draft whatever dude is at Penn State or Bama <laughs> or whatever. For real, like running backs at Diamond doesn't. Just go draft one. Uh, so yeah, no, Travis looked great, man. He looked like he looked like I thought he would look, man. Every time he's touched the ball this year, it's been good. You know, I think he maybe he didn't do much in Carolina on two runs. Um, but for the most part, like he looks explosive, man. He's he's a good player. I don't know how that'll work out with those guys who are injured. They're definitely gonna have to address running backs and free agency, or uh, probably the draft. Actually, is a better place to do that. Uh, but I mean, I would feel good about like going in, like, all right, cool, we got this Homer kid. He's he's good. He's solid. All right. I mean, you did kind of answer this, but Mike, are you optimistic about the NFC and the Seahawks' chances? Well, I've said this on the show before. The Seahawks can beat anybody. We just learned. They almost, they were, no, like, two <laughs> inches away from sweeping the best team in the conference. Um, I really think they can beat anyone. They could also lose to anyone every given night. They just beat, they just got beat by the Cardinals. Um, so, like, I don't know if I'm optimistic. Like, I just lay it out. I think they're going to lose in San Fran. But, you know, I think they're, I think they have a chance against anybody. And it really, that's all you can ask for. Like, that's something everyone can't say. Like, the Bills know they don't have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. The Titans know that. The Texans know that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, the Vikings know that. The Eagles know that. 
I would say only like three teams, six teams legitimately of the 12 think they can go to the Super Bowl right now. Like, have a legit, like, you're not delusional if you think that. Baltimore, Kansas City, New England, San Francisco, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle. I guess that's actually seven. Uh, but, I mean, to be one of those teams is all you can ask for, like, this time of year. Are you satisfied with the explanation for the non-pass interference on Jacob Hollister? I can understand what they were seeing. The explanation was that, like, basically Jacob initiated the contact, and then whatever the defender did after, grab, whatever, was not enough to call P.I., basically. That's the short version of the explanation given by the official after the game. I'm not allowed to talk to officials. If you guys who don't know, they designate a reporter among all of us that only that person can go talk to the officials and get explanations. And then switch we, every week? Uh, no, it's always Tim Booth <laughs> of the Associated Press. And if Tim's not there, it's Brady Henderson of ESPN. Um, so... We got the quotes from Al Riveron, whatever his name is. Uh, so I get the explanation. I think it looked like P.I., and it definitely at least should have stopped the uh, game. Definitely should have been reviewed. To Absolutely. review it. To review it. The tackling was horrible tonight, especially with Lano Hill. Why on earth is Blair not getting more snaps? Yeah, I, th- I thought Blano, uh, excuse me, Lano had some big misses. You about to I, say Blano? Yeah. <laughs> I like Lano, too. Yeah, I think he's actually a solid player, but uh, th- the tackling today whiffed on a couple big plays and that's just what you can't do in the back end this is down to execution again yeah you can't now as far as why Blair is not playing over uh, Lano I think it's really this simple I know this is not what people want to hear but I think Pete Carroll just thinks Lano's better like I I really think it's just that simple now is he tripping I don't know remember we don't see these dudes in practice enough like we don't see like processing of information is important back there too knowing your assignments knowing to adjust to certain things with motions and misdirections and communication if all that isn't on point to a level that pete likes then maybe he'll like roll with all that like the guy who is you know because leno's in his third year he has a better chance of knowing what he's supposed to be doing on any given situation not to say he does for sure but like i think if i had to kind of read pete's mind i would think that is what's bumped him up over marquise it's not just the running and hitting. Because I think we can all agree here that, well, it's only me, you in this room, but <laughs> with everyone else, I think we can all agree that Leno, or excuse me, Marquise is probably better at the running and hitting part of the position. But free safety is not only running and hitting. So uh, that's my guess. Pete will probably get asked about this uh, Monday afternoon and probably for the rest of, well, they're both on the roster. Uh, but I think Quandre's coming back next week, so it might not even matter. But that's a good question. Thank you, Jack Burton. You notice Ziggy Ansa getting benched for Green? Would this game have been better if T2 weren't on injured reserve? Um, uh, no. I don't think the T2... I mean, maybe. Maybe he's better than Lano. I don't know. I don't think that matters. Uh, yeah, I did notice that Z, uh, Rasheem got the start. Uh, and like I said, Quentin over Puna, too. Uh, I don't want to read too much into it. They, I got to check the snap counts. But no, Rasheem's a good player. Like, he's the future of that position. It's not It's not Ziggy. Like, he, he's earned that. If the Seahawks have to put Jamarco in at left tackle, how do you think he'll do his second start? Uh, I don't think that matters either. I think they're just going to roll with George, to be honest. Sorry to like kind of dismiss it, but I think George will be the starter in Philly. With the way the Hawks came out to start the second half on offense and the way Russell played with urgency, do you see the Hawks coming into Philly with that same mentality? It would be great if they would start aggressive like they did after halftime. I don't even think it's about being like more aggressive. I think it's really about executing. I thought the pass protection got better. I thought Russ was making better decisions. You know, he took off a lot in this game. He was running. Like, okay, the play's not there. Go. Like, I think that was uh, the better. The clock in his head was kind of sped up, I think, in a good way. I think that was the difference. Also, 
game planning and like personnel and matchups matter so much in the NFL that they can't just harness, okay, second half in Philly, let's just do that. Or excuse me, the second half against San Fran, let's just take all that energy, bottle it up and put it on the plane and, and do it. No, it's just not how it works. It's not how it's going to be. Uh, so and also we got to add the human element too, like, you know, emotions, thoughts, feelings, game plan, whatever, health. There's so many things you got to factor in. I think they'll play well against Philly, but I don't think they're just going to harness all that energy from the second half of this game because they also lost <laughs> and then just carry that into Philly. They got to wipe this one away completely and then regroup for Philly. So I think that's what's going to happen more than them channeling all that energy. Homer looks great when running counters and sweeps. Could the Seahawks maybe work in some reverses with Lockett? Yeah, there's definitely opportunities to get Lockett the ball running. That They've done it a little bit, um, but I don't think it'll be a position where he's getting five carries a game. But, yeah, they definitely should use – there's no reason that Lockett can't be used like how Robert Woods is being used or how Debo Samuel or, or, or Emmanuel Sanders or some of these other receivers. Bro, George Kittle got a handoff today. Like, <laughs> there's, there's definitely room for Lockett to do some of that as well. It cost us nearly everything to score. The wide receivers aren't open as well. It always needs pass. It needs, excuse me. It always needs rush and per, rush and perfection to win. And in division with Kingsbury, Shanahan, and McVay, how do we? How do the Seahawks find holes? How do they find holes in our defense so easily? Time to look for a new offensive coordinator. Now, I, I think overall, Pete's always going to have his team in the fight. Like he's withstood good minds before. Like even I don't think Jeff Fisher was a good mind, but. He did have something on Pete, but they, Pete was also able to beat him too. You know, Pete yeah. was able to go toe to toe with Bruce Arians. Um, you know, he's clearly can go toe to toe with Shanahan. I mean, they do have what it takes to beat these guys. That's that's clear uh, as well. Even Cliff Kingsbury, like Pete, Pete's good enough. I think overall, and his principles are sound. I think enough that. Whenever there's something new and hot and smoking in the league, and all these young guys are coming in, as long I mean, Seahawks still won 11 games, right? And we're still an inch or two away from winning the division with all those three coaches in it. So I think that's a valid question, uh, especially the McVay part of it, because Pete seemed to struggle with McVay more than any of those other coaches. Uh, but I think he'll be fine ultimately. Like Pete's been around long enough; he's gone toe to toe with Bill Belichick. Like he can handle these guys. All right. Why have we seen such a drop-off in tackling? Is it down to individuals, or is the coaching not as good as we were led to believe? I just think the talent is not as there. You know, like, it's not just that they were good tacklers. It's not that they were just good players in Legion of Boom. They could all tackle. Like, Earl was amazing. Cam was amazing. Sherm was a really good tackler. Brandon Browning was a... Oh, damn. I almost called Brandon Browning a killer which was like ironic because he's in jail for anyway there was really good tacklers on the legion of boom and i think we just do just seen a step down although trey i think is a good tackler but has his moments i think shaq is a good tackler but has his moments as well um but yeah i think that's the the biggest difference any idea why the seahawks didn't bring shed there was no downside to him in my opinion sure tackler plays safety and coverage leno he's not an upgrade no, we don't. We don't know. That's not like the last time Shed played free safety. He was like all pro. You know, I think they didn't bring Shed in. Also, that would have meant having having to cut somebody. Again, I guess you could argue they should have cut Lano, but I just I just don't think that's the case. Like, I don't think he's a liability uh, in that way. He didn't play well today, but I mean, for the most part, he's played solid. You know, uh, when he's been in, like 
do people even really notice he was in against the Cardinals or uh, the two the two games that he started this year for Tedrick? I think it was the Saints and one other one. Like having Leno in there has not been like this ultimate liability. It's like oh, we need to find someone uh, better. At least I don't. I don't think they also still have Marquise and Ugo too. That's they want true. Other free safety options. Maybe you can answer this during the week. But besides their tight ends, talk about the Eagles. What do we have to worry about going up against this offense? Well, I mean, the tight ends are only people. People, the only receivers anybody knows in that damn team. Chris, you see who the Eagles were starting last week <laughs> or on Sunday? <laughs> Dog, it was a bunch of dudes who work at FedEx. It was crazy. They just, oh man, uh, th- yeah. The only thing to worry about is Ertz and uh, what's the other dude name? Dallas, Dallas. Goddard, yeah, yeah, him. Sheesh. Worry about him. Uh, that's that's about it. Did the Seahawks slip into an alternate dimension in the last minute? Pretty sure the Seahawks actually won the game. Wow, no, <laughs> absolutely no. They definitely they definitely lost because I've I, I have a plane ticket to Philly, and I'm in the middle seat, and that's <laughs> very real, very very real. <laughs> Do you think it is better for the Seahawks to play at Philly, considering the Seahawks are seven and one on the road? Versus four and four at the clink. Okay, I'm going to try to answer this really uh, succinctly. I don't know. Be concise, I guess, is the gist. Okay, there's three reasons why playing at home is against Minnesota would have been better than going to Philly. A, home games in the playoffs are always better than uh, games on the road. This is, the playoffs are just a different animal, and you want to be in your in front of your home crowd as often as possible. Right? Okay, that's one. Number two... Is if they'd have to uh, in a situation where they would have been playing Minnesota, right? They would have have beaten the Niners. If you can beat the Niners at home, uh, then you can beat anyone at home, especially a Minnesota team who, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, they've beaten already <laughs> at home. So there was that part of it, you know, as well. Like beating the Niners would have kind of not erased, but made people feel a lot better about the Seahawks at home because they would have be just beaten the, the best team. Yep. Right? You know, so there's there's actually, you know, that part of it. The third part, I think, is people are ignoring the fact that if you get to 3C, there's an outside chance you could still host more games. All the Seahawks had to do today was win. Yeah. You know, well, no, I'm talking about down the line. Yeah. Especially if the Niners are the five. Yeah. They're going to knock someone off. And if they don't, okay, cool. Well, now you can host, like, someone crappy like Philly or something like that. Yep. So... Yeah, you have more opportunities to potentially host. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's every part of that is just better. Man, none of these dudes want to be going across country right now. They want to be at Bro, the crib, man. playing in front of the twelves. Man, that place was rocking. That place was rocking today. Uh, so, yeah. So no, I don't think it's better to play at Philly. I think they could be fine, but it's definitely they sh- should have wanted to be at home. Injury status of Michael Kendricks, and how would you slow down George Kittle? Um, you don't slow down. George Kittle, unless you dedicate your entire game plan to like double teaming him, which is hard to do with somebody at that at that spot. I mean, you can, but it's, bro, you see the moves he's put. You see that movie put on Shaq? It's pretty disrespectful. Yeah, no, he's he's good. Uh, Michael Kendricks, I believe he. All we know right now at the time of this recording, I'm sorry, I don't have more info. It's just a knee strain, sprain. Uh, sprain. Excuse me. Uh, I don't know the severity of it. I would imagine that because he didn't come back in the game, he'll probably miss at least a game. All right. Seattle could have kicked a field goal from the 30 on fourth and inches in the first half. Then at the end of the game, all they needed was another field goal to potentially win. Do the analytics still say going forward on fourth instead of taking the points or attempting the points is the correct move? 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. No, and that's not even my hashtag. Never kick uh, in me. I'm pretty sure the numbers would suggest that because you can't just say, "Oh, a you're assuming he makes the kick," which hell no, you shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> B, you're assuming that then if he does make the kick or the attempt to kick, that everything else in the game stays exactly the same uh, from that point on from what it actually did play out which two things you just can't you can't do you can't change one variable and then just be like oh all the other variables would have remained the same in this magical scenario so no i think kick not kicking was the right place and i think giving the ball to marshall was probably the right thing to do too last question seahawks clearly transitioned offensive playing style in the fourth quarter do they feel it to be unstable to play as such the entirety for most of the game why must they wait until the heat of the moment to turn it on? How can we convince them? I like the how can we convince them part of this. I feel like everyone should just like write letters. <laughs> Dear Pete Carroll. Because it does feel like every game, when people when they go like up-tempo and everything, everyone's like, oh, wow, we just do that all game. And it feels like the scene at the end of Bad Boys, both Bad that's Boys movies. That's how you shoot. Yeah, it was like from that. Well, first, remember the first one is that's how you drive. Yeah. He's like, that's how you're supposed to drive. From now on, you know, it's like, and then, yes, yeah, that's how you shoot in the, in the second one. Uh, it's not that simple, man. You can't just run up tempo all the time. You can't just be in your two minute offense all the time. There's a reason Chip Kelly is not in the NFL anymore, right? <laughs> it, d- it didn't work. Like you can't just do that. Your defense will hate you, and you can't you can't have that. Uh, so because if your plays don't work, you know your defense is on the field in like 30 seconds or something like that. So that's why teams don't do that. Now, couldn't they use more tempo? I guess yes, but. You notice most teams use tempo when they have successful plays. You can't take a sack on first down and then just go tempo. <laughs> no, that's stupid. Uh, so you need to execute, and then you can get the tempo going. Like get a first down and then go tempo. But they have a problem getting that first first down. They go three and out uh, too often. So yeah, that's th- that's why they don't do that. But I'm still for the writing in the letters to convince them. By the way, I will personally get them. To somebody, Look if at everyone you. writes letters, yeah, I got a little juice in the building. Dugar Santa Claus, a little bit. Yeah. I like that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to do what I can before we lay ourselves down and go to sleep. Speak for yourself. I, know I got another hour at least up, but I know you got a hot take, man. Playoffs are kicking off. Got a lot of wild card games coming up. Seahawks are unfortunately in the wild card, traveling to Philly. What you got for us, Mike? Marshawn Lynch goes for a hundred yards. What's up, man? What's going on? Uh no I don't I don't I don't know if I have a I th- I think you know if anything I think my hot take would be that the uh the Chiefs win the Super Bowl that's probably my pick it used to be the Patriots but I guess that's changed I thought they were gonna have a bye I really thought <laughs> I don't think they're gonna win three games in the playoffs to get there the play, the Patriots always get there because well you know they haven't played in the wild cards since two thousand nine. It's a long range. That's a long damn that's, time. That's to, 10 years. That means they've been so used to getting two games to get to the Super Bowl. I think the third one with how poor their offense is and how Gilmore is getting cooked by dudes like Devontae Parker and John Brown, uh, that they won't necessarily have, you know, the same shot. So there we go. Oh, you know, a memorable moment of my Seahawks covering the, uh, covering the Seahawks is uh, meeting Ocho Cinco, which I did on Thursday. I think I met him on Thursday. Should have asked him who the top 10 route runners were. I didn't have time. But it was cool to meet him. That's dope. It man. was very, very, very dope. And he had the hoodie with the trench on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty clean. It was yeah. With the the, the jacket he had on uh, Sunday was fire too. No, it was dope. It was dope. That's probably one of my more memorable moments as well. Whew. We got through every question. We got through every question, man. Oh, okay, man. I love that part of the show, man. 
Uh, well, thank you guys for uh, for listening, for tuning in. We got at least one more. We're gonna do at least one more of these, at least the recap shows. Yeah, uh, that is. We're gonna be here all year round, but <laughs> per usual. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be here. But uh, thank you. Uh, we we love we love the feedback, whether it's just saying you appreciate the show or whatever. We, we I cannot express enough each week how much that means uh, to us. Whether it's questions, or just any feedback, whatever. Thank you. Keep it coming. Keep rocking with us. We're going to be here throughout the playoffs. Hopefully, that's a long playoff run. Uh, I would like to do this until February. Oh, me too. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and let's, talking to football. Let's, let, let's keep it Let's keep it going. Uh, yeah. So, so I need to execute for that to happen because we're executing on our behalf. Yeah, at least we're trying to. <laughs> at least we ain't getting no damn delay a game, I'll tell you that. Uh, so make sure you also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on, on iTunes. Also be on Spotify. Be on everything. On The Athletic. Uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be back with a midweek episode this week too. You see, I don't have to drive me up to say that for your mama, maybe you should smoke.